Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been fast friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, 60 years of work experience, and so we've been through, oh, seven, oh, oh well over 100, probably 150 open enrollment periods. <laughs> and we're making this podcast together to try to help each other, and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, as always, you've tipped our topic. What's the topic of today? Well, since we don't yet live in a socialist paradise, uh, we are, most of us in this country, getting our benefits through our employer. Interesting. So, yeah, and there's a lot of benefits out there. There are a lot of benefits. And I think, I, I, don't, I don't think they call them cafeteria plans, but most people have a choice which benefits they take and which ones they pass on. And to make things even more confusing, many families have more than one uh, um, full-time working earner who's eligible for uh, benefits. So it's not just taking whatever the old company gives you. You have the opportunity to do some uh, cost-benefit analysis and decide what you're going to do. You have a choice. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've got some choices coming up because right now I am not employed. So my benefits at my previous employer run out at the end of November. So unless I get a new job, I'll be signing up for for benefits here, paying out of my own pocket for the, well, we pay out of your own pocket previously. It's just subsidized by your employer. So I'm getting ready to think about those things. And I got a few thoughts on the various benefits that we do pay so, or do buy, I should say. Um, so you have an option of getting COBRA, right? Where you pay both your portion and the employer match for, what is it, one year, I think? Uh, 18 months. You can go 18 months. So it's a good point for our listeners. Those of you who may have um, been leaving a job, you can pick up the benefits that your previous employer had. You pay the full price, and you can do it for 18 months. And at my previous employer, they, they picked up about two-thirds of the cost of the plan, and I paid about a third yeah at my current employer there we have a very very generous program i'm very lucky to get it and they pay for health insurance they pay 90 percent of mine 90 percent of my kids and 50 percent of my spouse so naturally after crunching the numbers what we ended up doing is my spouse who's fully employed outside the home she gets just hers from her employer, and I get mine and my kids from my employer. Interesting. Does that cause any problems where you have to go to different doctors or different hospitals? Um, no, it causes confusion because we we can go to the same place, but um, um, yeah, we're both go to the, all four of us go to the same group medical practice the palo alto medical foundation which is owned by sutter and mm -hmm. so i think we have access to all the same doctors it's just when you need to get pre-approvals etc you have to know which one you're going to so gotcha yeah i've always um my wife has not been working since my kids are born so prior to that i guess we had different health care but now we have we've had the same health care essentially for the last 26 years or something like that 
but uh, I do know, you know, folks at work had the same similar situation where their significant other was working and sometimes they would split it like you guys do. Other times they would go with their spouse's plan because they felt it was a better deal than what my previous employer offered. And, and it was kind of a mix up. Sometimes they took the previous employers. Yeah. And it's not necessarily intuitive. When my wife worked for a hospital, their benefits weren't as good as mine. So we had to look at that pretty hard because you would expect that hospitals would give the best benefits possible, but no. <laughs> it is interesting. And one thing I do know, it's really expensive. So uh, I'm figuring I'm going to pay $19,000 a year between out-of-pocket, just the plan itself, and then out-of-pocket expenses. Holy moly. That's a lot. So uh, it's, a, it's a lot of money. Yeah. So it's a lot of money. I'll have it be my wife and I, and um, I have uh, one of my kids is below 26, and they'll be on the plan. My um, older child is over 26, so she has her own plan. Well, we are recording this on October 31st. Happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, and um, Justice Barrett has already taken her seat, so uh, your your choices might change in the very, very near future. They might, yeah. <laughs> so I, I won't put too much effort into it. No, of course I'm putting a lot of effort into it. It's a lot of money. So I've, I've been looking at different healthcare expenses, um, and you and I talked a little bit. And we might in a future session do something about eyeglasses, but uh, vision was the first thing that came to my mind, and we – I stopped using the vision plan. I looked at my notes back in about 2012 or 13, and oh, wow. I just go to Costco now and get my checkup there from the doctor at Costco and get my glasses there. I don't know if you guys have a vision plan that you use. Um, I, I, you know what? I ought to check, but I decided not to sign up for it because it does not seem to be a very good deal. Did you actually crunch some numbers on it, Dave, or did you just do it by inspection? I will say this. Normally, I'm a faction figures guy. I went back because I knew we were going to potentially talk about this today. I don't have faction figures, but here's here's the deal. Because this was like, I think the last, the first time I started using Costco was 2013. I can't find my notes, but essentially what I what I found is that if I go to the eye doctor and my wife goes to the eye doctor once a year and we buy glasses once every couple years, it's cheaper to just do it at Costco because the cost of the glasses through the doctor and his fancy office is almost um, is more than what you would pay for a Costco plus the eye exam there. So that's my rough calculations. Yeah, it's surprising how much they charge. Um, hundreds of dollars for a pair of glasses that you can buy at Costco for $100. Yeah, I, I did go back and look. And so the glasses I'm wearing today are, um, I, ha I, I am... Uh, I need glasses for reading, and so these are uh, a progressive glass, but they're just progressives for 18 and 24 inches away, and those glasses were $199. If you're looking at progressives that go from, say, reading all the way to distance vision, those glasses are going to be uh, more, but I think those glasses, they're they were far cheaper at Costco is my point. And I can get a exam at Costco. I think the last exam I had was a hundred bucks and that included the fancy glaucoma test that they charge extra for. Yeah. So uh, I think for our listeners, you should take a look and see what you got. I don't, I can't remember now. And I went to look cause my current benefits don't have vision in it. So I can't download the data for like what I pay mm. for example. Right. Um, but my recollection was it, there may have been no charge for vision, but it's just cheaper to go to the 
the eye doctor at Costco and get the glasses there than it is to go to the eye doctor. Yeah, even with the deductible. Yeah, it's um, here's the thing. Insurance is insurance, and you should be paying for um, uh, something that would be a shock, right? It should be right. for a big expense that may or may not happen. And what happens with dental insurance and uh, vision insurance is mostly it's to cover the cost of things that you buy on a regular basis. Glasses and you get your eyes examined if you're doing it properly every year or every other year. And you, the big expense in, in dental is getting your teeth cleaned and examined um, every year or twice a year, whatever it is, right? Right. And so you're then it's just a question of the time value of money. and um, But in between, you put all these frictional costs insurance companies insurance brokers poor these poor people who are coders you know that it's their living doing the billing um so it's just a, it ties back into our entire system which is it's so much waste in it it's distressing as an engineer yeah well it's anything so uh, i'd urge our listeners if you have a vision plan seriously look at whether it's really valued to you. So my advice to you is go get your eyes checked at Costco. If you like the doctor there, fantastic thumbs up, get your glasses there. It'd be cheaper than if you're going to a, through a vision plan. So the vision plan offers you no know, benefits. The second thing that you mentioned is something I'm looking at too is, should I get a dental plan? And the conclusion I've come to like you have is, I will not be paying for a dental plan because it's cheaper for me to to pay out of pocket because if I go to dentist, I know exactly what the cleanings are going to cost. I wanted to ask them. They gave me the exact values and it's just cheaper. And frankly, dental insurance, I'm using on quotes, doesn't cover a lot of stuff. So if you, if you have a cavity or if you have a um, crown, you're going to pay a significant out of pocket anyways. And it's likely going to be cheaper if you pay them cash and don't go through all the medical billing rigmarole. So my advice to our listeners is, and I, I'm not going to get dental insurance. It's not really insurance to, to your point, Mr. Kramer. It's, it's just, you're just paying for the things you're going to use anyways, and someone has to administer it. So it has to be more expensive than if you administer it yourself. Yeah, it's kind of like annualizing your uh, energy bill from the, the utility. So you haven't... Yeah, or the thing I love on TV is um, people want to sell you uh, insurance for your car, for your car's maintenance. Like okay, let's think about this, right? They're just going to figure out what the average person is going to pay to fix their car, and you're going to pay that anyways, but they have to earn money, right? It's capitalistic society, so they have to charge on um, administrative fees and a profit that you don't have to as an individual person. So it's going to cost you more to have that insurance than it would be just to pay the bill to fix your car. I agree. That should be true. But for instance, I don't think we would recommend anybody do this in our country for their regular medical insurance because... Yeah, so go ahead. Because um, medical providers, as far as I can tell, generally just charge way more than their costs are because the insurance companies negotiate them down because they have a lot of uh, uh, bargaining power. So the poor schmuck who walks in off the street is the only one who pays street price which is two or three times what the insurance company charges you. Yeah, so, um, and I think we're saying the same thing as in, what a lot of people say insurance is and what insurances are two different things. So if you're paying for a, a dental plan, it's not really insurance. You're just paying for things that are going to happen anyways. I'm definitely going to get health insurance because I want 
I want the insurance piece of it, right? I know I'm going to go to the doctor because I'm not going to feel well every once in a while. I worry about what if I get cancer and have hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills. That's what I'm paying that insurance for. The same thing I'm paying life insurance for. I don't expect to die, but I have a life insurance policy so in case I do that my family's covered. Like uh, Stephen Wright said, my plan is to live forever. So far, so good. <laughs> right, right. So for me... No, no vision insurance because it doesn't bring any value. No dental insurance because I can, I'll get the same thing and I can. And by my analysis, it'll be slightly cheaper. It won't be significantly cheaper. But for medical, I want to have a my plan. My plan is to get a plan that basically covers the basics. I'll have a high out-of-pocket deductible, but it will cover me against catastrophic things like having a horrible illness that's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, yes. However, it, it this probably varies from region to region like if you live in mexico i think most people pay cash for these services and um so you don't gouging isn't the right word but you don't have these inefficiencies in the market where some people pay much more than others and i could see in some parts of the mm -hmm. country where you didn't have enough dentists and they didn't have a history of answering you when you call up on the phone and say how much is a cleaning right oh that depends right so um yeah you probably should do a little math before you make this decision because theoretically somebody could deliver dental services more efficiently if they knew for a fact they had uh, a steadier flow right they don't have to advertise they know that their uh, hygienists are going to clean 10 sets of teeth a day not somewhere between 4 and 12 and they have to pay them all day every day right so they can do the math and say yeah in best case it costs me $100 to clean somebody's teeth. But in worst case, it cost me $1,000 because I have to have the hygienist there all day and they only clean one person's mouth. That's a good point. So I've done, I've done some of the rough analysis that I looked at. I asked my dentist what they would charge me for cleaning and x-rays. And then I put that together, what it would be for my wife, my son, myself. And then oftentimes the benefits are capped. So when you go to get a crown or a filling, um, you pay out of pocket for that anyway. So my, by my calculation, I think it's a couple hundred bucks cheaper to not have the insurance. So, and the, and the downside is not, it's not like medical. So the downside is it's not like you're going to have to pay more, more because a lot of the stuff it doesn't, dental insurance doesn't cover a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, but a medical, medical is important because it covers a lot of that stuff that were, that would bankrupt the average American. Yes. It can get into millions of dollars, certainly easily into tens of thousands yeah. without even blinking. Um, yeah. one yeah. thing people should steal themselves to do is if you do do this, ask your dentist how much things cost and explain to them that you're paying out of pocket. You don't have insurance and they might charge you a different amount than they would otherwise. Yeah, and oftentimes I hear it's cheaper. So I, you know, I started that conversation with my dentist about what things cost, and um, I have heard the grapevine that oftentimes, like you said, the price is negotiable, and it's a lot cheaper if you pay cash because they don't have to go through the rigmarole yeah, billing. Yeah, and I bet if you're on good terms with your dentist, and I bet you, Dave, being super organized like you are, you probably go every six months like clockwork, and it's pretty easy to clean your teeth. And if they know that, they might be willing to charge you less than a schmuck like me who comes in every once in a while, and uh, they gotta they gotta get the crowbar out to work on the plaque. Yeah. Now I will say this: I have 
pretty good teeth. I have, you know, I have a few cavities, a few crowns, but overall I'm doing pretty good. My wife's teeth, not as good. My son doing pretty good. If you have horrible teeth, you might reconsider that, but you also have to keep in mind for dental insurance, a lot of the stuff is capped. So you're, you have, you have caps on certain amounts. So if you get into a lot of trouble, you're going to be paying out of pocket anyway. So that's true. That's true. That. But if you, you know, you and I grew up in the United States, we went to dentists since we were little kids. Uh, there's fluoride in the water. We have the capacity to, to brush regularly. Um, um, I know what my family history is on teeth. So I, I have a pretty good idea that I'm, you know, one of the people who doesn't want to be in Obamacare because it, uh, uh, I don't have to pay for it. I don't want to support all you bad toothed people. That's an, that's a joke, people. Obamacare doesn't cover your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't cover your teeth. So the, the the big thing is getting the medical insurance. I'm looking at that, and um, you know the the thing about that is everybody's going to go to the doctor, and if it was just paying for that, you know, I would pay that out of pocket. But you're really you're really insuring yourself against some catastrophic issue, right? Um, a major surgery, major illness, like yeah. cancer or something. I, I like just maintain that, right? that if you spent your childhood out of the country and your parents have had significant dental problems, and um, you have a perhaps you have a methamphetamine problem uh maybe it'd be worth it for dental insurance it might it might but i think the payouts per year are capped so it doesn't matter is my conclusion <laughs> but do the math yourself so that's something i'm thinking about i'm definitely going to drop that because i don't think it brings any value but medical insurance does bring a value it's the you know insurance piece against the catastrophe just like you know life insurance brings value because it prote prote protects against the catastrophe and it's just eye-opening about how, how much it costs. So here's one I don't think they offer through work, but I know people who have uh, insurance for their pets' health. Have you looked into that? In some mm -hmm. ways, that looks kind of more like medical insurance than dental insurance to me. I, I have not. Um, I guess I've been pretty fortunate where my pets, I think, the probably spending the $1,200 a year on the dog or something like that. And, and I haven't had a pet with really horrible medical issues. You, so I've not, you know, I've my not dog looked at that. A, a lovely dog, but he had pre-existing conditions. So I assumed they would ask me about that, but I don't think they do. I think you can wait till your dog has an incurable disease or a terrible disease and then go buy it. But I'm not positive. Really? In that case, it's a pretty good deal. I would just think that pet insurance, no offense, it'd just be a, uh, something we just wouldn't make any financial sense. Well, we so have I, the research. I, but if you can have pre-exist to your to the point that you make, if you can have pre-existing conditions and get it, then yes, it makes sense, uh, right? Uh, yes. I just eschew getting any sort of worry insurance have, kind of stuff, if you will. I have heard That's of just me. friends and coworkers spending thousands and thousands of dollars on their pets' healthcare costs, and it's probably very difficult in the moment to make the really? decision not to do that. Um, um, mm -hmm. So it, it might pay for itself if you can <laughs> figure out how to do the math on the, the sentimental risk of it. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't really have a lot of experience there. So the I will say the puppy goes to get his annual visit, which hopefully, you know, flags anything gets his shots and so on and so forth so everybody loves I pets know. i love my pets but the reality is they don't live as long as we do so eventually 
the puppy is going to be an old dog and um, you'll be in a position where the technology is available to get them stem cell treatments. Um, they do organ transplants on cats. Um, yeah, and it seems insane to spend $10,000 to save a $100 dog or even a $5,000 dog, but people do it on a regular basis. Yeah, but UC Davis, the veterinarian school, mm. does uh, uh, kidney transplants I... on cats. And part of the cost of it is you have to adopt the uh, donor cat, right? So you have, wow. you have two cats with... <laughs> I thought they just went and killed a cat, so you <laughs> just thought they killed a stray cat. You have to adopt the, other, adopt cat, the huh? other cat. Ah, interesting. And they now, don't get along with one another. They, they fight. Immune. <laughs> they're immune compromised. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So what did we learn from today's conversation? Uh, I think the overarching lesson is do the math. Um, see, Do some investigation and look into it. Um, you should ask your HR people. They're very helpful, but it's easy to get caught up in the, oh, look how much we pay and look how much your discount is. And with eyeglasses in particular, that's misleading because they are grotesquely overcharging for what uh, you're getting provided. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's important to look at the look at the costs. Uh, and it's something that's kind of out of sight, out of mind because it's handled by your employer. But uh, at least... In my case, we've had a high deductible plan now where you pay um, a deductible after which then things get cheaper. So there's about seven grand a year that's on you every year under my plan. So looking at those costs has been more, more, more important, if you will. And sometimes if you ask what the cost is just paying out of pocket, it's surprisingly cheaper than what it would be under your plan or could be potentially. Yeah, what many of us have the option of doing through either a health care HSA, healthcare savings account, or a flexible spending account, as we talked about, you can pay with this stuff mm -hmm. in uh, pre-tax money. So that reduces the actual cost out of pocket essentially by a third, right? Maybe even a half. Right. By a marginal tax rate. So everybody should have their HSA uh, and max it out. Yes. On the HSA, it makes perfect sense to max it out because you get to keep the money. Flexible spending account, you ought to plan ahead a little bit because you don't want to end up buying four pairs of prescription sunglasses at the end of the year and then not using them. Yeah, that's true. For our for our listeners, flexible spending accounts go away at the end of the year. And I used to have those. So I was pretty cautious on there and probably planned only for like 75% or 80%. But you could buy a bunch of stuff at the end of the year, like some extra glasses or something like that. But you don't want to have to do that. That's if you true. Don't you could to. stock up on sunscreen and, and Tylenol because that is buyable out of that. Yeah. Stuff. But that's use it or lose it. So don't plan for don't plan for the worst case scenario because you might be forfeiting money. But the HSA just um, is a max amount you can um, add to your account every year and you can use it whenever you need to. You can use it for retirement too. And some people argue that we've talked about in previous podcasts, it's just good to let that plop in there and use it for healthcare spending and retirement. Don't touch it right. until you retire. All right. And if you have uh, good eyes, definitely don't do this. Wait until you need glasses. Well, most of us eventually need glasses, but if you're um, 25 years old with 20-20 vision, uh, if you go to an ophthalmist, op if you go to an eye doctor, they're going to prescribe glasses. Maybe just so other... <laughs> don't do it. 
All right, Mr. Kramer. Until next Always time. It's a pleasure. I will talk to you soon. Have a happy Halloween. All right. Take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.